All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Doc Sportscast. Today, uh, we are going to be finishing up, finally finishing up, the uh, NFL division previews. Uh, The AFC East is our last division here, consisting of the Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. Uh, So we'll be running through those today, breaking down the teams a little bit, and kind of what we expect to happen throughout the season with them. Um, Now, before we get into it, uh, it's exciting that we're finishing up this preview right in time for the Hall of Fame matchup tonight. Um, going to be interesting to see how the preseason plays out this year, uh, mainly from the standpoint of how teams address the preseason. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what their philosophy is, uh, what players play which games, how much minutes starters get as opposed to second string, third string, fourth string uh, players. And and in the past, we've kind of got a rhythm. We knew, hey, third game of the preseason, that's where your starters going to be in. It's almost like a game. Fourth game, all right, you're going back to you know complete bench players and, and letting them get out there and get some reps. Uh, and, and so there was a buildup in games one, two, and three uh, to three being like a regular season game and then the fourth game is just basically a rest now with this year we're down to three seat preseason games uh, not including the hall of fame game uh, so those two teams will have a regular preseason basically uh, for them to go through but what are we going to see is it going to be game two being like a regular season game is it going to be uh, game one what people are getting reps is it going to be fourth string players or going to be third string players or is it going to be second string players how is that going to play out how many minutes are starters going to be logging in these preseason games it's going to be very interesting especially from a daily fantasy standpoint uh from a standpoint of like mainly daily fantasy uh but even wagering and things like that in sports betting um you know it's gonna be interesting for those uh industries to figure out how it's going to play out uh, definitely going to be a lot of insider knowledge there that's going to be giving people advantages, things like that. Um, but with that being said, uh, we'll we'll jump out of that, get back into our preview for the last division here with the AFC East. And first up, we'll be talking about the New England Patriots. So, uh, the New England Patriots, man, uh, last year was a, a very much a down year for Bill Belichick's squad. And that's something we haven't been able to say in a long time. Uh, a very long time. So obviously deflating for them to lose Tom Brady, uh, have the change up with Cam Newton in at their quarterback position. I, I think a lot of people understood kind of the route they were trying to go, but it just didn't transition into wins. didn't transition into a winning season, uh, you know, for sure. But, um, you know, Cam Newton right now, is supposedly the guy going in, but the question is, is it Cam Newton or is it Mac Jones? Who are you going to go with? And eventually, I do believe Mac Jones will end up winning this starting job. Guys, I just don't think that the Patriots are built to win that style of play. They're not built to win based on a you know a quarterback that's not going to go out there with you know perfect efficiency. It's not going to go out there and push the ball down the field and, and make some big plays down the field, keep the defense honest. And be able to win plays that way. I just don't see that being able to happen. You know, uh, Cam Newton was sacked 31 times last year in 15 games. That's a little high. I I, I think that it, I don't think it's the line standpoint. I think that was a lot of Cam Newton. I think he holds on to the ball a little bit. He pads that ball a little bit, and definitely hurts him. You look at his touchdown to interception ratio, guys. It was eight to ten. He threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns and this has been the big thing about cam newton it's always been kind of the achilles heel of cam newton when it gets into the red zone he can't make those reads 
He's missing guys. He's missing guys on the defense and not seeing them there and throwing interceptions. I mean, it's just how he's done things. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't really read the defense all that well. So if he has some good, talented guys around him, he can make some plays. But once you get in the red zone, it doesn't matter about your talent. It matters about reading the defense and understanding where the defense is going to be and where they're moving. He doesn't play that out. He doesn't see that all that well. And so that is definitely going to hurt him moving forward. I'm just telling you. It's going to hurt him. Um, it will continue to hurt him. I mean, it, all, it has been already, but it's going to continue to hurt him. Um, he had 368 attempts. Completion percentage was 65.8%. Not a horrible completion percentage. But when you look at the interceptions, 10 is high when you look at eight touchdowns. Okay? 10 would not be atrocious. You know, it's not like Jameis Winston's 32 that he threw. But... He only threw eight touchdowns. Yeah, th- that's just not good enough, guys. It's just not good enough from a passing standpoint. And this team was was built to have an efficient quarterback. And he's not playing efficiently from the score to turnover ratio standpoint. He's not playing efficiently. And that needs to get fixed big time. I don't think he's going to be able to fix that, guys. I mean, Bill Belichick's a great coach. They got a great system. But who's going to be able to turn around a guy who has consistently throughout his career not been an efficient quarterback and 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 i just don't think it's going to happen so looking at it you have from the quarterback standpoint yeah jared stidham come in there for five games um brian hoyer played one game uh when when cam newton was out and you know so that was really it cam newton was really your guy throughout the season uh from a rushing standpoint you know, Damian Harris played really well. I think he surprised a lot of people. He played 10 games, uh, 137 attempts, same amount of attempts as Cam Newton, who uh, both of them led the team. Uh, he averaged Damian Harris, that is, averaged five yards a carry. That's really good. That's really, really good production, solid, consistent running. He averaged 69 yards a carry. I think they should have gotten him more carries throughout the season. If, he could, if we could get that bumped up to 150, maybe even the 200 range, Damian Harris could be a legitimate running back in this uh, in this league. Now, the problem is they do like to split a lot of carries. And so Damian Harris was the lead back. But Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, um, you know, James White, not not Burkhead. I think Burkhead left the team. But um, Sony, Sony Michelle is still there. I mean, it's just a team that has never had the philosophy of just one back, one back, one back. They always want to mix in these other guys, change up things on offense, and, and give the defense headaches. Uh, on who to cover, how to cover, that type of thing. And so they're going to continue doing that. It could hurt Damian Harris's production, but he showed last year he has the ability to be a starting back and put out good production, and he did so. Uh, Cam Newton rushing the ball. He had five fumbles, guys. Five fumbles. He lost one of those fumbles. Luckily, he only lost one of those fumbles. Um, Twelve rushing touchdowns. And so that's what makes it skewed. If you're going to look at total touchdowns, he had, yeah, he had more touchdowns than interceptions. But we look at it from a passing standpoint purely. That's what you need to look at from a quarterback standpoint. Uh, he did have 12 rushing touchdowns. That was huge, big impact for fantasy purposes. So, yeah, people probably wanted to roll the dice with him a bit more in fantasy. Again, I would not do that. I think this team is going to go away from him. I think they should go away from him. I do think it will be interesting to see what Bill Belichick does in the red zone because even if Mac Jones is playing, I would argue to Bill Belichick – Put two quarterbacks in. I would argue to him, try it out and see how it goes. Because if you got two quarterbacks there, one just to the right, one just to the left of the center in the shotgun position, they don't know where that ball is going to get snapped. 
the defense doesn't know where that ball's going to get snapped. If it gets snapped to Cam Newton, they automatically think run, and they're going to be piling in. And now you got guys possibly open on the on the outside. Okay, if you get the ball to Mac Jones, now they automatically think that they're going to be passing the ball, and maybe he hands it off to now running back. Cam Newton and and that could change some things up in the red zone that would be interesting to see if they do play that way I think it could work for them um but that's that's how we see everything uh from the from the running rushing standpoint um receiving wise man you know Jacoby Myers uh he did step up and play pretty well last year uh 59 receptions on 81 targets uh 12.4 yards per catch uh on seven 729 yards for the season that's 52 yards per game that was second on the team um, yards per game to Julian Edelman, who you know was out most of the season with injuries. Uh, Demir Bird uh, played okay, I guess. They just didn't have a lot of guys step up. Nikhil Harry didn't do much last season, and uh, you know I don't know if it's so much that the wide receivers didn't do enough. I don't know if it was that you know Cam Newton just didn't do enough from a uh, you know uh, pushing the ball down the field, reading guys, getting the ball out there uh, standpoint. I just don't know. But their passing game was definitely down. The production was down, and I think I, I don't think they did enough. I don't think they've done enough this off season. I don't think they made hardly any moves this off season that really helps them in that capacity. Um, Mac Jones can definitely make a difference, but I I don't see that they've done enough from a receiving standpoint to elevate their game. Yes, they they brought in Kendrick Bourne, um, and that could make a difference for them, but. It's it's going to be interesting because, like I said before on on the podcast, I don't believe in going into the season with the quarterback controversy in this structure, where you've got the veteran who you're wanting to roll with, you want to go with him, and then you got the young guy sitting on the bench, and everybody pretty much is thinking and pretty much knows the young guy is going to come out there, but when is it going to happen? It sets your team up to let games go it sets your team up to go out there early in the season and if they're down they're not going to persevere they're going to say you know what we're losing this game we're not going to win this game let's drop it and then coach will put in the young guy next game and then we'll have a chance like it just it opens up things from a psychological standpoint to mess up the beginning of your season it messes up the flow of the offense it messes up the way the offense is structured because again these guys play different games and that's the big thing you've got two guys who play very differently because Mac Jones is not going to be a Cam Newton out there. And so your offense is going to be set up to start the season going one way. And that's the way of Cam Newton. When you switch it to Mac Jones later in the year. And I'm saying it's going to happen. So when you switch it, it will disrupt your offense. It will disrupt your team. Again, I've said it before. The best way to do this and to have a good, good healthy quarterback competition are guys who play the same way. Last year when you had Tyrod Taylor, you had Justin Herbert come in. And they were playing the same game because Tyrod Taylor was not the Tyrod Taylor of old who scrambled all the time and got a lot of rushing yards. Justin Herbert came in, they played the same game, and he was just at a higher elevation than where Tyrod Taylor was in his level of play. And that's what helped the team still succeed. That's not going to be the case here. So it's definitely um, it's definitely worrisome. And if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm going to be worried about that. So I think it's going to be another down year just because they're not figuring out their quarterback situation quick enough. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins, new wide receiver in town, Jalen Waddle. That's the big guy everybody's excited about, Jalen Waddle, right? But everybody's excited about Tua, right? I think Tua isn't as good as everybody thinks. Everybody's so high on this guy. They love Tua, and I'm telling you guys right now, I'm not high on him. 
I'm a Miami fan. I, I like I like the Dolphins. I worked for them for uh, for uh, a season, uh, and and I I do like the team. I want to see them do well, but they were ready to go to the playoffs. They were looking like a playoff contender when they were playing Brian Fitzpatrick. He got them ready to make the playoffs. They were in the playoffs, and then they benched him, played Tua, and all of a sudden they were out of the playoffs again. They screwed up. The organization screwed up. They had a chance to go to the playoffs and be a contender. And they put Tua in and got themselves in a position where they couldn't be back in the playoffs. By the time they put Fitzpatrick back in, they were already down. And they, they couldn't they couldn't make up the, the the ground in the division to go to the playoffs. It's it sucks and it's stupid. It was absolutely stupid on the organization standpoint, from the coaching standpoint, it was ridiculous that they benched Ryan Fitzpatrick when they did because they were in a position to go to the playoffs. And stupidly they changed up the team. And again, those guys played different games. So all it did was disrupt your offense. All it did was change everything. It disrupted your offense. It messed everything up. Now, people can make a case that because of that being the case, Tua could step up and play really well because the offense wasn't designed for him. I'm just telling you guys, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in what he was doing because if you look at the production last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a superstar. Okay, he's he's not a, a Tom Brady, he's not a Ben Roethlisberger, he's not an Aaron Rodgers. Like he he's not a, gonna be a, a Hall of Famer when it comes down to it. Okay, yeah, he's a great veteran presence. He's a good quarterback. He could he could win a Super Bowl with a team if they have all the right pieces around him. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but he could be a quarterback of a Super Bowl winning team. And last year, <laughs> man, if you look at it, completion percentage, Ryan Fitzpatrick, sixty-eight point five, Tua, sixty-four point one. Advantage, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick played nine games. Tua played ten. In Tua's games, Tua passed for the season 1,814 yards. Fitzpatrick passed for 2,091 yards. Advantage, Ryan Fitzpatrick on one less game. Average yards per game, 249.1 to 192.3. Advantage, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Average depth of target. 7.8 7.8 for Fitzpatrick, 6.3 for Tua Tungavailoa. Advantage, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Quarterback rating, advantage, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, I'm not going to keep going. I'm not going to keep going because what are you guys seeing? Advantage, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He played better. Tua had 20 sacks. He got sacked 20 times. Fitzpatrick got sacked 14 times. That's not too bad. Okay? In nine games, that's not horrible. I mean, it could be better, but it's not horrible. Okay? You look at... Interceptions, 13 touchdown passes, 8 interceptions from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tua had 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. So, it's comparable, right? Those stats are comparable to each other. It's not a huge deficit. Um, I just don't see the advantage there because Ryan Fitzpatrick had more rushing yards too, guys. Everybody wants to sit there and say, oh, Tua can be an athlete. Tua can make plays out of the pocket. Ryan Fitzpatrick ran for more yards and he played one less game. So, shut up. Shut up. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about, oh, yeah, Tua, Tua is a special playmaker. He can do all this. St-. Guys, I don't want to hear that. Ryan Fitzpatrick outrushed him on the season, okay? And he averaged five yards a carry. Tua averaged three. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick outplayed him from a rushing standpoint, too. It's just absolutely ridiculous that people are sitting there trying to make all these arguments for Tua when last year's stats, the numbers, don't lie. Okay? Numbers don't lie. They are what they are. And the numbers tell me Tua is not the guy. Now, do I think he's going to play better this year? Yes, I think every quarterback should play better in their second season. 
I think every bet, every quarterback should be getting better throughout their career. But I still don't think it's good enough to win. I don't think it's good enough to win this division. Um, I think it's going to hurt them and their team because they got a good defense. And I think they're going to squander away that good defense that they built. So rushing standpoint, Miles Gaskin stepped up, played amazing, great story in the NFL. You know, 142 attempts, 4.1 yards per carry, 584 yards on 10 games played. That's not bad production. You know, if you give him the full 16 games, he's not going to hit 1,000 yards for the season. But he he's going to have pretty good numbers for a guy you didn't expect that from. Okay, you also have Matt Breida who started out the season uh, getting a bunch of carries. He had 59 carries. You take those away, give him to Miles Gaskin. Now he he's possibly at the range to get to a thousand yards, which is pretty dang good production from him. Uh, you know, Jordan Howard had 28 carries. Get rid of that. DeAndre Washington. 28 carries, get rid of that. Patrick Laird, 13 carries, get rid of that. Get rid of these guys and start giving your carries to bulk people. Let two guys take over the backfield. And Miles Gaskin, I think, can do really, really well. They brought in Malcolm Brown, uh, or Malcolm, yeah, they brought in Brown. And, um, you know, I, th- I think he can do really well for them. I think he's going to do really well. I think he's going to play really well uh, coming from Los Angeles Rams. And, and he could do well as a backup. But give the ball to Gaskin. Let him be your lead guy. I think that's going to be the best advantage for you going into the season. Now, from a receiving standpoint, they got some talent, guys. They really do. They've always had some talent. They had Jakeem Grant, who is a burner out there. He can definitely get down the field and make some plays. Devontae Parker played really, really well. Okay, And then, what do they do? They go in and bring in Will Fuller. So, now they got Will Fuller, who's going to be here next season. He's a guy who can make some great plays. Okay, they went and got Jalen Jalen Waddle. I don't agree with that. Again, I, I I've had a lot of issues with the wide receivers and where they were taken this year. They were like, oh, let's match up guys who played in college. I don't care about that. I think that's stupid. I think it's ridiculous because a guy has to work within your system and he has to work within the way that you need him to work. And if you're just going out there for the chemistry with the quarterback, doesn't matter because what if Jalen Waddle doesn't work well in the offensive scheme? Okay, Devontae Parker started playing really well last year, and you know he had 793 yards on the season. wasn't at a thousand, but he missed two games. You know, let's let's take that, give him some credit there, and uh, let's give him credit for the guys out there. He doesn't know who's going to be throwing to him every week. Okay, I think he played really well under Fitzpatrick, and I don't think he did under Tua Tungavailoa because, like I said, Tua, I don't I don't think he's a guy. I don't think he's a guy. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy. Um, I think you've got your hopes in the wrong basket. Because what happened when you had a guy who played a little bit like Tua, who could get out of the pocket and run a little bit, who could be like a wide receiver who now plays quarterback, you had somebody like that. His name was Ryan Tannehill. What'd you do? You ran him in the ground. You didn't let him do anything properly. You had a horrible system around him, and then he leaves to go to a team, and now he looks like a stud because your system sucked for him. The Miami Dolphins have never been an organization to change the entire organization around their quarterback to make it fit and work for them. Tua is definitely a player that needs that for him. And so this is definitely going to be a mistake in my opinion. Okay. Defensively, what am I going to say? Amazing defense. Definitely going to be great. This is the only thing that could keep them in the hunt for the division. Um, but yeah, really great. Solid team from a defensive standpoint. Okay. But I really worry about Tua. That's the big issue I have here. Moving on to the Buffalo Bills. All right. Buffalo Bills, man, we have them winning the division again. Is this a big shocker to everyone? No, it shouldn't be because the Bills are for reals, okay? Uh, the Bills are for reals, and uh, the division is 
this division is battling for second, basically. Um, the Bills have weak points, though. Uh, they, they do have some weak points out there. Uh, the main thing is the running back situation because they don't even know who their main running back is, guys. They had Devil Singletary a couple years ago who stepped up. Zach Moss played pretty well last year, but I think he should have had better production. Uh, Singletary last year had 156 carries for 687 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. Um, that's an average of 42 yards per game. That's not that great. That's not that great. You want to be at least above 50 if you're the guy uh, and he didn't get there. Okay. Zach Moss, he played okay. He played 13 games. He had 112 carries for 481 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. Similar numbers to Devin Singletary. Um, 37 yards per game. That's really, really low. So that can't be your guy. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if you're this team? You know, Josh Allen led the team in touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. He was third on the team in rushing yards. I think you got to pick one of these guys. You got to pick Singletary. You got to pick Zach Moss. You got to build the line around him and the scheme, the the blocking scheme around whoever it is you want to go with, and let them let them figure it out. Okay, let them let them figure out how to maximize their their potential around that because the guys play a little bit differently. Okay, one of them's a little bit slighter, is a little bit quicker, makes some shiftier moves. One guy's a little bit you know more of a power guy. So you have to focus on what their advantages are, what their strengths are and played to it and they didn't do that last year now josh allen played amazing lights out football last year 4500 yards for the season amazing year uh could it have been better yeah he could have hit 5,000 yards but this is amazing uh that's that's what you want to see from your quarterback from a yardage standpoint 69 percent completion percentage guys that's awesome 70 is amazing he's at 69.2 that's great you did, that's that's really really good 300 yards per game it's exactly where you want your quarterback to be. You can win Super Bowls with this type and these types of numbers. Um, 37 touchdowns, 10 interception, great ratio there. 26 sacks on the season. That's okay. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, you know, I think you want to be 25 or lower if you can. So they could definitely shore that up a little bit. But man, um, he he played really well, and I think him sometimes getting out of the pocket or making the wrong read with the the defense could definitely lead to that. And he's young. He's going to get better and better. And so look for the sacks to go down this year as well. Now, looking at a receiving standpoint, man, Stefan Diggs balled out last year, right? Cole Beasley did his thing, 967 yards. Gabe Davis, 599 yards. John Brown, 458 yards. Here's the thing, John Brown, he gone, okay? Gabe Davis, he's still there, I believe. I believe he's still there. Um, so, John Brown being gone is 52 um, targets, that's going to be up for grabs. Now, if I was them, I'm not going to go to somebody else. I'm going to be feeding that ball more to Gabe Davis because I think he's capable. He's definitely capable of doing great things. He had seven touchdowns on the season. He should be a good touchdown uh, target for the team. Okay. Now, 95 yards per game for Stefan Diggs. I mean, what more do you want to say? I mean, if you get to 100 yards per game, you are you are doing something right. You're on your way to being a Hall of Famer at that point. So, uh, yeah, he, he definitely performed well, did some great things. I think he will continue to do some great things. Uh, so I, I have no issues with him uh, from, you know, from a standpoint of how he played. I think he's going to come back, do a great, uh, do a great job in the future years. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think he's going to continue playing really, really well. So this past game is set up really strong. Defense is really great. Did their thing last year. You know, Tremaine Edmonds uh, did his thing. Jordan Poyer 
the safety led the team in tackles. Uh, Taron Johnson did his thing. Micah Hyde was balling out. He was a guy to definitely uh, you didn't want to mess with on defense. Uh, Tredavious White played really, really well. I think the challenge I have with them here is from a standpoint of the defensive line. They do need to bolster that defensive line a little bit. They could get beat at running games last year. That's where teams made up some advantages on them. Uh, they, they didn't get to get after the football and sack quarterbacks all as much because all most of these guys that I'm talking about are, you know, safeties, cornerbacks, linebackers. They're not the defensive line. So if they can get the defensive line, Mario Addison and those guys, if they can step up, get to the quarterbacks a little bit more, get some more sacks under their belt, this team will have one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league. So look for them to be a favorite to possibly go to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Um, definitely a favorite to win this division. Now, last but not least, maybe, who knows, is the New York Jets. Okay, Lots of buzz, lots of buzz around the New York Jets. Finally moving on from Sam Darnold. Uh, to a guy who somewhat very similar to Sam Darnold, uh, except for his college story. So, you know, he, he's a young guy coming out of BYU and played amazing football there. Uh, I, I, I have a lot of great upside coming from the Jets. I think they could start slow. You get a rookie QB in there, it's definitely plausible for him to start slow. Uh, so, you know, I would not be worried if they come out of the gates starting pretty slow in the division. I would not worry about that if you are a Jets fan. Uh, they have decent targets with Crowder and uh, Corey Davis, uh, who they just signed and brought in this year. Elijah Moore apparently is playing really, really well. The rookie wide receiver they drafted, he's playing really well, uh, making a big name for himself in training camp. I don't read into that all that much. Every rookie looks good in training camp. Every rookie looks looks to be the next next best whatever so I don't really look into that all too much I think he's going to be okay but for all the hype that we're hearing it worries me that people are overhyping him because they're trying to see things they're trying to find things that might not necessarily be there okay so I do worry about that I love the running back that they drafted I love Michael Carter I think he's a great great running back uh, I think he should play really really well for them and you know P Ryan definitely I mean he played okay last year but I, I just don't think he's the guy. I don't think he should be the guy. I don't think you can have success with him being the guy. So moving on to a guy like Michael Carter, to me, makes a lot of sense. So they did a lot of things from that standpoint. They have worked on the line. They have a better offensive line, which is a big thing they were lacking. And they do need to make sure that defense plays pretty well. But from an offensive standpoint, they made a lot of adjustments. I think they're going to be really, really good. They're definitely going to be way improved from last year. Sam Darnold played 12 games. Obviously, he didn't play all 16. Uh, but his completion percentage was below 60%. He was at 59.6 uh, yards per yards for the season was 2,200. Um, he had 202 yards per game, and yeah, he threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns. But here's the thing, guys. It was a bad system. He didn't have good blocking. He was th sacked 35 times on the season in 12 games. That is not good. So again, they have to make sure they bolster that line, and I hope to God it's so much better because Zach Wilson, that's going to be really bad for this rookie too to go in there and take a bunch of hits. Okay, So I, I would definitely worry about that, but... They're going to be okay. I, I think I think Zach Wilson's going to come out there. I think he's going to throw for at least 3,000 yards. Uh, I think he's going to throw for at least 3,500 yards. Maybe he gets to 4,000. That would be amazing. But who knows? It's a rookie year. I get it. They may want to start out slow with him. 
rushing standpoint. Like I said, P. Ryan did his thing. Ty Johnson did his thing. Frank Gore did his thing last year. And Frank Gore, I mean, my God. I don't know how many more years the guy can keep doing it. I don't know how many more years anybody's going to give him a contract to keep trying to do it. But Frank Gore led the backfield with 186 carries, 187 carries, and he had 653 yards on the season. He averaged 3.5 yards per carry. That's really low. That's a, that, that's pretty low. That's not good, guys. But, uh, you know, he, he did his thing. He did his thing, and I give him credit for doing it at the age that he's at. But, you know, Ty Johnson, uh, he he played pretty well he had the best average yards per carry uh so he's a guy that i would look at if i was if i was the new york jets um but lamichael p ryan i would not keep looking at him he averaged 3.6 yards per carry like, to me it's it's definitely glaring to me that ty johnson averaged more yards per carry i think that's your guy that should be your number two since you're going to give michael carter the chance at possibly being a starter um so yeah i think this run game will be pretty improved or or yeah, I think they'll be improved. They'll be pretty improved on the offensive line standpoint um, with Michael Carter and I think the offensive line adjustments that they made. Receiving-wise, Jamison Crowder led the receivers um, 699 yards. I mean, he, he's a surefire guy. He's a sure-handed guy. He's a veteran, and, you know, he's your safety blanket. So um, no surprise there. I had him in a lot of fantasy drafts last year. And, um, yeah, I think he's going to be a really great, really great guy again this season. But, man, Corey Davis, that is the guy you need to look for. Corey Davis could go off for a 1,000-yard season again this year. Um, and, and I think that he, he deserves to be there. And I think he has all the talent in the world to get there. So look for Corey Davis to do his thing, uh, make this passing game a lot better than what they previously have been. So Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Elijah Moore, and um, – Oh, man, I can't think of it right now. For whatever reason, I cannot think of it. They have one one other guy from a receiving standpoint that could make make a lot of noise. Um, but look at their receiving core to be a lot better than what they were last year. And Zach Wilson to have some really good targets out there defensively. Again, they need to get better. Neville Hewitt, their linebacker, uh, played really well. Um, you know, 134 tackles on the season. He led the team by far. Uh, so other guys need to step up and play pretty well. I think they'll end up having a better defense, but how much better is the question. Okay. Now, that wraps up the teams. We will get into our predictions here before we wrap it up. And uh, good luck to everybody to watch the Hall of Fame game tonight. Uh, prediction so far, and again, this will change during the preseason. We got the Bills being number one. Great team, obviously. I mean, I don't think it's any question. Nobody should really question that. I got the Jets being number two. That's a hot take right there. Uh, I like Wilson to flourish late in the season and this team to make a good run to be second in the division. Um, the Dolphins, I don't trust Tua Tungavailoa. I just really don't. I think that defense is good enough to get them to not be last in the division, and I think the Pats will finish last, okay, because Cam Newton will hurt this team early on. And I don't think Mac Jones is going to come in and change everything right away because the offense is going to be set up for Cam Newton, not for Mac Jones. So that ultimately has me having them set up to fail. So, yeah, with that being said, uh, we'll wrap it up. Finally finished all the divisions, guys. Uh, really appreciate that. What did you guys think about the division reviews? Uh, what did you think about uh, the podcast as we're going in the NFL season? Let us know some things that we can do to improve the podcast, make some things better for everybody out there. And, uh, yeah, feel free to like, share, subscribe. You know, our Facebook's below. Send us an email. Let us know what you guys think about the episodes. And, uh, yeah, we'll do a review uh, tomorrow. 
on the Hall of Fame game, uh, talk about kind of what we see from who's playing, how we might see the NFL preseason playing out, and we'll talk about some other sports news uh, with basketball free agency and things like that that have heated up this week. We'll talk about some of those things and give you guys our opinion and our thoughts on those. So thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the Hall of Fame game tonight as we finally get NFL football back on live television tonight. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.